Hilchus Talmud Torah, Perik Vav. The Amam continues to expound on the second mitzvah in Talmud Torah, which is to honor Torah scholars. Halacha Aleph. Kol Talmud Chacham. Every Torah scholar, mitzvah hadre, it's a mitzvah to honor them. Respect them. Aleph Bishen Rabbi, even though he's not your teacher. Shneimer. It says, "Imtani Seiv Atokum." In the presence of a elder or a white-haired person, you shall rise. Vadata Pesach, and you shall respect an elder. Zaking, what's an elder? Not just the elder in years, but Zesh Kana Somebody who has acquired wisdom. So Zakin is Zeshakana, he who has acquired acquired wisdom. At what point must you stand in front of him? Once he's within four four cubits. Until he passes you. You do not stand before Torah scholar, not in the bathhouse, nor in the bathroom or anywhere else where you may not study Torah. Is not considered honor in, the, in those places. Shinem the Pasuk says, Talkum Hadarta, you shall rise in honor. Kimashish Bahidr, a rising which is an honorable one. In these places, rising before someone is not considered honorable. Vain Bali Umnes Chachamim. A craftsman, hired craftsman, is not allowed, or not, excuse me, not obligated to stand in front of a Talmud Chacham. Bishash, Eskim while they're being occupied in their work. Shinem, because it says, Talkum Hadarta, you shall rise in honor. Mahidr, just like the simple understanding of the Pasuk is talking about an honoring which requires no monetary loss, just it requires the effort to stand. Uh, it's just as the honor is one which presumably requires no monetary loss, so the standing also is one which requires no monetary loss. But if you're a hired worker, then you're causing your owner, your boss, a loss. If you're working for yourself, it's if you must stand or if you may stand or not. How do we know you should not close your eyes and pretend not to see him? So you won't see him to the point that you're not going to be obligated to stand in front of him. You shall fear your God. Any matter which is given over to the person's heart, his consciousness. Remember, but it says, You shall fear from Hashem, because only Hashem knows whether or not you taka saw or you did not see. Everyone else, you can fool them, but Hashem, you cannot fool. And that's how we know you're not allowed to. Uh, fool others and close your eyes so you don't see the Chacham. Halchagil, Ein Re'el Chacham, it's not fitting for a Torah scholar, Shiatriya Chasa'om, to bother people, Vichav and Atzmelehem, and intend, Kishiyu Yamdu Vanov, should specifically deliberately cause himself to walk in a way that they'll have to stand before him. That's not correct. Sorry, should take shortcuts and intend they should not see him, so he does not bother them to stand. He does not inconvenience them. The Chachamim used to go around and circumvent roundabout ways on the outskirts, in places where the people who know them are not around, so that they, he's not, so that they would not uh, inconvenience the people there to stand before them. Riding an animal is considered like walking. Just like you must arise before a Torah scholar when you see him walking. So too, when he's riding, you know, he's he's sitting on the animal, but that's considered going. This would obviously create an interesting discussion regarding a car. Three who are traveling on the road together, a teacher and his two primary students. The teacher walks in the middle in the front. God will be you know, the greater of the two students to his right, slightly behind him, and the, and the lesser of the two students, slight, slightly behind him to his left. When someone sees a Torah scholar, he does not need to stand before him unless he's within four cubits of the person. Once he passes, Yeshev one may sit down. If he sees the second command in the Jewish Supreme Court, which is called the Av Bezdin, 
he must stand before him once he sees him however far the eye sees so once he appears on the horizon you have to stand if you do not sit down until he passes you passing for Amos so he's four Amos away when you see the Nasi which is the uh, leader of the Supreme Court, the Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. You must stand before him as soon as he appears on the horizon. When you can see him, if you may not sit down, until the Nasi sits in his place, or until he's so far that you can no longer see him. If the Nasi chooses to forgo the honor to him, he may do. He may do so. Needless to say, the, those of lesser stature may also do so. When the Nasi comes into the base measure house of study, and back then, of course, there were no set chairs, so it was just people sitting on the floor. Everyone stands up. They may not sit down. Until he tells them to sit down. When the second in command enters, then the only people who have to stand are the two people who are near the entrance. Uh, from the entrance way, a path is formed by these people standing on either side the entrance to his place everyone else may remain seated until he enters and sits in his place and everyone other people remain seated in their place they don't have to stand even though the Avbezdin has entered the room continuing in the etiquette of the base medrash whenever he passes within four hours of anyone even the fun of the, those people must stand before him taking turns sitting and standing until the point he, re- until he enters and he finishes sitting down in this place now the students of the and their children if the public needs them meaning they benefit the, the leader the Rav who is the leader of the public because through them his lesson is sharpened Therefore, they're allowed to jump over the people who are already in their places, sitting down. This way, they can get to their place. It's not praiseworthy for Tamil to enter last in the base medrash. If he leaves for a necessity, he can go back to his place because he went for reasons beyond his control, and therefore, he's allowed to go back to his place, even though it requires people to stand up for him again, or requires him to jump over their heads, which is not respectful. The students of the Talmud if they have the ability to understand the lessons, and they sit like everyone else facing the the Rav. If they don't have the knowledge to understand, then they face the people. But they are allowed to come in in the sense that uh, uh, they sit in there to, to in acknowledgement of the status that their father has. So that what we said so far about standing before your teacher talks about when you see him throughout the day intermittently. However, if you constantly sit before your teacher the entire day, so he comes in and out of the room. Do you have to stand up every, every single time? The fun of you not allowed to stand up before him. Twice a day, morning and evening. So that the honor should not be greater than the honor of Hashem, for, for whom we accept the yoke of heaven twice a day in the Shema, morning and evening. Someone who is exceedingly uniquely old. Some people say this means 90, some say it means 70. We stand before him. As res- out of respect, even a Tamil Chacham who is young, must stand before a person who's older, uh, uh, uniquely old, even though he's not a Tamil Chacham, as long as he's not a Russia. 
He doesn't have to stand up to his full height, but only enough to make it clear he's honoring him. Even an old non-Jew, we honor him with words, we speak to him respectfully, we give him a hand to assist him. Shemar says, before an elder, before a white-haired elderly person, you shall rise. Every elderly person is included in the statement, meaning even a non-Jew. Torah scholars, they don't participate in their own in, in person. To, to um, participate and act with the entire community. With the building or digging. Any construction projects, communal construction projects, they are not obligated to participate. So they don't become disgraced in front of the common folk. We don't collect tax from them, money to participate in building the wall to protect the city, or, or, or fixing the gates, or the wage for the watchmen. Nor the, nor the uh, bribery gifts we give to the non-Jewish government, because these are all things for security. And Talmud Chacham does not need security since his terror protects him. They're also not obligated in paying taxes. Whether it's a communal tax in the whole city, whether it's an individual tax. You know, the Pasuk says, even though they give among the nations, I will gather them in now, and they will be released in a little while from the burden of the king and its officers. So the word Yitnu. If you change a tough for a shin, as is done commonly in the Gemara, I can also read Yishnu, which means studying Torah. And Bagoyim, meaning amongst the nations, refers to the fact that the Jewish people have to pay taxes to the Gentile nations. But it says that they will be released shortly. This is from the burden of the king and its officers refers to the fact that the Talmud Chacham does not have to pay taxes. It's a remez. had merchandise to sell. First, you let him sell his merchandise. No one else is allowed to sell the merchandise he's selling until he sells his merchandise so to make sure he can make a living to support himself. If he had a din there was a lot of litigants there. Then you have him take precedence, he takes priority to his din is heard first. Who is a great sin? To disgrace the Tamil Chacham or to hate them. Yushalayim was not destroyed the first time at Shibizu, but until they got to so low they began to disgrace Tamil Chachamim. Shemar it says, The people would mock the messengers of Hashem, despise his words, and they would scoff at his Nevi'im. Clemmer, when it says the second thing, they would scorn his words, they despise his words, it means they would despise those who teach the words of Torah. This is the says, If you will despise my teachings, my laws, it means you will despise those who teach my, my laws. Whoever disgraces the has no portion in the world to come. He's in the category of those who discorn the word of Hashem. Even though a person who disgraces the Tamil Chacham has no portion in the, world of, in the world to come, there's also punishment in this world, and that is, if, Adem, if witnesses came and said he, he testified, he embarrassed the Chacham. Even if it's just verbally, he is liable to be excommunicated. 
publicly excommunicates him. And they find him a litra of zav, which is about 168 grams of gold. The every place, even if it's outside Eretz Yisrael, or regardless of the local value of the gold, it's the same amount everywhere. and it's given to the chacham. If someone who verbally uh, disgraces a Tamil Chacham, even if the Tamil Chacham is no longer alive, Bezdin excommunicates him until when does the excommunication last? Once he does Tshuva, then the Bezdin will release his excommunication. However, if the, that's if the Tamil Chacham was no longer alive. He does tshuva and Bezdin will release the excommunication. If the Tamil Chacham who embarrassed is still alive, you don't release the excommunication until he asks permission, permission, uh, forgiveness from the Tamil Chacham who embarrassed. Upon whose honor he was excommunicated. does not need a bezin. He can excommunicate for his own honor. it's for a common person. who was careless with his honor. The ain sarach needless to say. Excuse me. The ain sarach the tamal chacham does not require la edim nor no witnesses la yasua nor nor any warning. and he does not have to release the excommunication until the per, the, the the offending party asks forgiveness and appeases him. If the Tamil Chacham subsequently dies, now what happens? Then at that point, presumably once he does tshuva, any three people can come and release the excommunication. If the Tamil Chacham chooses to forgo his honor and not to excommunicate him, or just beyond, he's allowed to do so, provided that it's not in public and will not cause any lackadaisical attitudes towards the honor of Torah. Halacha Yud Gimel. If a teacher put someone in excommunication because of his own honor all of his students must treat the person like he's excommunicated but other do not have to if a student excommunicated somebody because the person dishonored him the teacher is not obligated to uh, treat that person as excommunicated but all the other people who are less scholarly, scholarly than that Talmud Chacham, the student, do have to treat the person as he's excommunicated. If the Nasi places someone in excommunication, all Jewish people must uphold it. If any other Jewish person, even a great scholar, excommunicates someone, the Nasi is not obligated to treat him as excommunication unless he excommunicates him himself for his own honor. This next piece over here is very interesting. If somebody is put in cheirin by the members of his own city because of something he did, as one of the many possibilities, as we'll discuss in the next halacha, then all the other people of other cities in the world also must treat him like he's excommunicated, even if the other cities are a general level, their terror stature is greater than that particular city. Since his own city excommunicated him, excommunicated him he's excommunicated for all cities everywhere. But what if the member of city A was excommunicated by the members of city B? One person from city A was put in chayim by the city council of city B. What happens then? So if he's put in chayim in in, in excommunication by another city, his own city does not have to respect that chayim and treat him as excommunicated him. As excommunicated. However, all cities that are of lesser stature in Chachma then that city which imposed the Nidoi 
they must treat him as excommunication, as excommunicated. But his own city does not have to. Halacha Yudalat. Bamedvam, when this is applied, there are leniencies when you put someone in the cherem, but not everyone has to hold uphold the cherem, as we said earlier. In a case where someone was put in the cherem because he disgraced the Talmud Chacham, and that Talmud Chacham put him in the for his own honor, not a Bezdin. Somebody who was put in the for the, any of the other 24 things, as we'll say soon, that require him to be excommunicated. Even if it's the most insignificant Jew, even the Nasi, and all Jewish people, they have to treat him as excommunicated. Unless he does until he does until he repents. From the from the matter which for which he, which purpose he was excommunicated. And they lift the ban. Says the Rambam, "Al esim va'arbot varim and adnes adam." For twenty-four purposes, a person may be placed in excommunication in nidui. Benish benisha, male or female, veilin these are them. Aleph. Hamavazas chacham. If someone disgraces Talmud chacham, va'afil lachem ayis even after his death. And over here, we're talking about a case where he's put in cherem by bezdin. Beis mavazas shlech bezdin. Somebody disgraces and embarrasses the messenger from bezdin who calls him to bezdin teira. Gimel akirah. Chavir evan. Someone calls a proper Jewish slave. Dal misha shaloch li bezdin. Rekov leis mavli ba. Somebody ignores a subpoena to come to bezdin. Hey hamazal zavadavar echem adibesef. If somebody disgraces or mocks something, mitzvah darabanon. Ve'ain tochlema diviter. Needless, needless to say, this applies to somebody who mocks and disgraces a mitzvah daraisa. So he's not just lax with it or, or not careful. He actually scoffs it and makes fun of it. Vav misha like people love desadin. Menanashatitin. Somebody who is ruled against him, against him in court, he must pay a money to a fellow for damages or some of, something else of that nature, and he does not pay. Then you put him in uh, excommunication until he pays up. Somebody who has something dangerous in his property, like a, a dangerous dog, or a dangerous ladder. We put him in Nidoy until he removes this dangerous thing. Somebody sells his property to a non Jew. You excommunicate him. He put him in Kherim until he accepts, accepts, accepts upon himself all consequences that he's going to have as a result from the non Jew. Um, again, one more time, sorry. Until he accepts upon himself any, uh, any um, responsibility of any damage with the, which, which, which the guy may cause his non Jewish neighbor. So the case over here is where the non Jewish. Uh, the Jewish person has Jewish neighbors or lives in a Jewish neighborhood or in San Francisco and he sells his property to a non-Jew he has to accept upon himself any damage that the guy may cause the Jewish neighbors he has to accept upon himself to make restitution because he sold to a non-Jew Tess somebody testifies against his fellow in a non-Jewish court and based on his testimony he did not, the Jewish person ends up having to pay money to somebody else but it's, it wouldn't, it's not in accordance with what's Torah law so now this Jewish witness must make restitution and pay the money back to the Jewish person he caused to, to unjustly pay money in the non-Jewish court. A kain who's a butcher, who shechs his own animals. This part of the animal that are separated, the jaw, the leg, and the part of the stomach, uh, called the maw, that's given to a kain. That kain has an obligation to separate them and give it to a different kain, not, not keep it for himself. He does not do so. So Tabach Koyin Sheinim Mafresh Amatonis Neis Lekain Acher Menad Neis Yachitain Put him in Chayim until he uh, begins to do so. Yiralef 
Hamachal somebody who desecrates the second day of Yontif outside of Yisrael. Even though it's just a custom, the Ramam earlier told us that a person who mocks any mitzvah that are bonon is put in nidui. But here it's even less than mitzvah that are bonon. It's considered according to the Ramam only a midug, but still he's put in cheder. Somebody who does malacha at Pesach after midday, which is a bit of a yontif, because that's when you mean the carbon Pesach. If somebody mentions Hashem's name unnecessarily in vain. Uh, for an oath or for any other uh, vain purpose. If somebody causes the public to desecrate Hashem's name, or causes the public to lack fear in Hashem, the Gemara tells us that when Chania Magal drew a circle and said to Hashem, he's not going to move until Hashem provides the rain, so and the rain came. So Shem Meshetach told Chani that if the rain hadn't come, he put him in Cherim because he would cause people to lose their faith. That's an example of causing a public Chil Hashem. Um, if someone causes the, causes people, the, the, the public, to eat Karbanis outside the Beis HaMikdash, so he tricks them into that regular meat is it's really it's really meat of karbanis. Somebody establishes himself as an authorized bezdin to establish when Rishchidish is outside of Eretz Yisrael in a time where it's meant to be done in Eretz Yisrael. Although there are exceptions, but in a time where it's meant to be done in Eretz Yisrael, and someone does it outside of Eretz Yisrael. Somebody causes someone who doesn't know better to stumble in a matter where he's blind. Somebody prevents the public from doing a mitzvah. A butcher who's also shechs his own animals, um, who's discovered to have uh, sold meat that is not kosher. A butcher who does not inspect his knife. In front of a Talmud Chacham, even though we come, we find his knife is perfect, but he has an obligation to inspect it in front of somebody else, in front of a Chacham. Chafal, Hamak somebody who intentionally causes himself to have an erection. If somebody divorces his wife, but then he goes and enters into her, enters into a partnership with her, or a business deal, which causes them to interact with each other inappropriately, because since they were once married, they should not have any kind of association now. The familiarity is too great and may cause inappropriate, inappropriate interactions. When they come to Bezdin to deal with whatever issue they have in their business, we put them in excommunication. Whose reputation goes sour. Put him in cherem until he goes back to the right path. If somebody puts someone in cherem in, in, in excommunication, who doesn't really deserve it?